You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Tuesday. Bright and early. Got the coffee going through our veins. What does Chelsea have? Does she have the acid-free coffee? Is she being basic? Does she have pumpkin left over from Halloween? We'll ask her in mere moments. Coming up here in the next three hours, we're going to tell you what happened last night in the NFL between the Broncos and Bills in Buffalo. A wild game, particularly at the finish. Then we're going to shift gears, talk about the college game at 620, find out which games we're thinking about betting on in the top 25 at 640. We will head to the hardwood for a look at tonight's plays in the association. Then at 7 o'clock, our football love affair continues as we check out the line movement between the spreads and the totals in week 11 of the NFL. Chelsea will put together her teaser at 740, and then we'll decide if we like it or not. At 8 o'clock, more analysis from the NFL before we bring in BetQL's PJ Glasser, who is already throwing his money down on college basketball as well. And then finally, the Donkster is in studio, as am I, and he will make an appearance at 8 45 chelsea how are you on this tuesday good morning i am running late so my coffee is sitting downstairs in the kitchen so i will have to get it next segment no. but it is the bulletproof kind i have stuck with that it tastes pretty good it is kind of expensive so i'm probably not going to stay with it even though it says mm. it has all these like health benefits i'm not so sure i feel like there are so many foods and supplements that claim to do a lot of things but unless they're fda approved like i'm not so sure so i'll probably go back Whoa. to the like buy one get one free coffee that whatever is on sale at uh kroger next time out let me get this straight you're not consuming anything that isn't fda approved i mean i get it but do you actually look for the fda approval like you know what before i consume this let's see i don't see a seal from the food and drug administration so this isn't happening for this gal no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying if it is claiming health benefits like twinkies ah. aren't claiming to be healthy you know bulletproof <laughs> coffee is it is claiming all these health benefits but if these health benefits are not proven, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't need the FDA seal of a approval on this Halloween candy that I'm eating. I'm pretty sure some of it might be like a year old. Like, I bit into a Kit Kat the other day from my daughter's Halloween candy, and it yeah. tasted pretty stale. I was like, I wonder how old this is. Even though I'm pretty sure candy lasts, like, forever because it's so processed. But still, it was not the best Kit Kat I had ever eaten. 
Hmm. How, when's the last time you ever had a Twinkie? I'm trying to la I'm trying to think uh. about the last time I actually consumed a Twinkie that did not involve me being a child. I used to eat Ding Dongs all the time. Remember those? <laughs> That's uh. something you want to clip up put on the radio. Snowballs. Those there's are another the worst. one. Oh, I don't know. A Twinkie. I don't think I've had a Twinkie since high school. I'm not even kidding. That's Little Debbie, right? Or is that Hostess? I think that's Hostess. Yeah, that's Hostess. Uh, I was trying to think. I'm more of a Little Debbie gal myself because I think there are several snacks from the Little Debbie market that should be on the pantheon of snacks. Like oatmeal cream pies, amazing. Okay. The Christmas tree cakes that just hit stores now. Oh my goodness. Those are my favorite as well, which are basically seasonal zebra cakes. And clearly I have an expertise in these type of snack cakes. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I found a, I found a special little cave and I went inside and Chelsea's like, Hey, let me tell you about all these snacks from the little Debbie family, the family of snacks. And then I looked down at the chat <laughs> and double D's losing his mind. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Swiss miss rolls. He loves Swiss miss rolls. Even Maddie says ring dings, devil dogs. Maybe this is, is this a, is this a thing I don't know about where everyone on the planet has some sort of special love for these little snack cakes or whatever they are. And if you well, ask a person and you do a deep dive, you find out, wow, I didn't realize there were so many fans. Well, you know, Nick Saban starts each morning with an oatmeal cream pie, which is a little Debbie snack. Oh, uh, but he famously, that's a part of his daily routine. Like he loves oatmeal cream pies. Well, the only thing better than an oatmeal cream pie is the sweet taste of victory. Flawless victory. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking Sponsored about. Sponsored by squad, Little Debbie. Boy. Sponsored by <laughs> Little Debbie. Whenever you want to send those <laughs> little snack cakes down here, I haven't eaten breakfast, Little Debbie. As if, as if a young girl named Little Debbie is making the marketing decision. Little Lil Debbie, whoever you are, Bill, send these Bill. Bill Wilson, head of Lil De whoever is running Lil Debbie. I just want you to know. And by the way, it is Lil Debbie. I keep calling it Lil Debbie, like she's a rapper, like Cardi B or something. Oh, I thought it oh, was Lil, Lil Deb Debbie. I thought it was Lil just, Debbie. Debbie. No, I think it's <laughs> Lil Debbie. Old school, 1950s, oh, Lil proper. Debbie. Some guy probably named it after his daughter or something like that. Regardless, whoever's running that shop now, I haven't eaten breakfast. I need a personal sponsor. So feel free to send those cakes this way. Chelsea, we had a squad play last night, two plays, and we came out winners. Hell yeah, we did. Had Javante Williams over his rushing prop over 55 and a half, the running back for the Broncos. The game script went perfectly to plan because I think the sabotage factor for both of us was like the Bills, you know, winning in a romp yeah. wasn't the case. They didn't even win the game outright. So Javante Williams went over his rushing prop. And we also had the under. At this point, primetime unders, you just blindly bet them almost. Even though I do see the schedule for some of the primetime games that are upcoming, and it looks like we have some much better games, at least from a viewing standpoint. So maybe the pendulum always has to swing the other way when it comes to trends and betting. Eventually, they will set these totals low enough to where we will see mm -hmm. some overs. But until then, we're riding that gravy train, baby. 25 yes, and are. seven this year. Primetime unders, scorching hot, once again was the case last night, even though it was a bit of a sweat. It was, but you know what? We will take it. Perfect night for both of us. As for the donkster, 
I wish I would have taken Broncos plus seven as well. I love that pick. Didn't do it. Dogster was on Bills minus seven, so that was clearly a loss. The Broncos winning 24-22. Also had Bucks minus eight and a half. Hosting the Bulls, and the Dogster wins by the hook. That is so NBA. Bucks winning 118-109. So for the week, Chelsea, we are both 2-0, and the Dogster is 1-1. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you along with us on a Tuesday morning, especially when we can go throughout the show breathing a sigh of relief that we started off the week with a couple of great bets, our best bets. Who is not feeling good this morning? The Buffalo Bills, because they were stunned by the Broncos last night. 24-22, the Broncos were getting 7.5 points. Broncos come home at plus 350 on the money line. Total set at 47.5. What a massive blow to Buffalo with this loss. The Bills take the lead with under two minutes to play when Josh Allen runs for a six-yard touchdown, giving the Bills a 22-21 advantage. So the Broncos get one final shot. And the Bills help them out. It is a pass interference call on Taron Johnson putting the Broncos in field goal range to win it. 41-yard drive for the win. Lutz. He missed it. But the flag is down. And we'll count them up. Uh, we're going to cover up some people. I don't even know where we're at. I don't know. They said yeah, it's 12. 12. You got it. There's the 12th and There's guy. 12. Back there in the back, Terrell Bernard. So there were 12 men out there. Good snap, good hold, kick, perfect. And the Broncos have come to Buffalo. And they're going to leave with a win. 24-22 to get to 4-5. and five. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN. Unbelievable. Will Lutz misses a kick. The Broncos get called for 12 men on the field. 12 men on the field on defense. That's completely unacceptable. And then Lutz hits it from 36 yards away instead of 41. The Broncos have now won three straight and four of six overall. After the game, Josh Allen said the Bills played, quote, a lot of bad football. Four turnovers for Buffalo in this one. He is right. Yeah, correct. Uh, it feels like the Bills are a team that the market continues to overvalue. Now the Buffalo Bills set at one and four Oof. against the spread when they are laying a touchdown or more. So I think that's the narrative going forward for me is that you really have to examine these lines for Buffalo and say, okay, does the team actually fit this narrative and this pricing that we put on them? And I think that's the bigger talking point. Do we think that the Buffalo Bills deserve the credit that they get for being one of the best teams in the AFC? Because I feel like they're one of those teams that we just kind of hand it to them and say, well, the Bills, they've always been good. They've got Josh Allen. They're a contender in the AFC. But at some yeah. point, you've got to look at the product on the field. This was a home game. They were seven and a half point favorites. And this is not the first time that this has happened this season. So it just feels like a wildly inconsistent team. I was watching the game, and when the first half was taking place, we saw one drive that looked like their offense was unstoppable. 
And I think mm-hmm. that's what lures you in when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. When Josh Allen is running the football effectively, when he's getting those passes down the field, when he's not turning the ball over, they can move the chains pretty well. But then they have those turnovers. What's the stat on Josh Allen now? How many turnovers does he have in like the last 14 games? I want to say it's something like 12 turnovers or 12 interceptions the last 14 games. It's something like that. So it's just at some point we have to judge the Bills on the product that we see on the field and not this ongoing narrative that they just deserve to be one of the best teams in the AFC no matter what. Well, I think this was a referendum on that, right? Because we know the Bills are talented. We know they have the pedigree, if you will. You're right about Josh Allen. He's thrown a pick in six straight games. The Bills haven't covered the spread in six straight games. Those things are probably correlated because the Bills can't hold on to the football. And they have to be kicking themselves. It's one thing to get beat. First of all, you shouldn't be losing to the Broncos in Orchard Park when you're playing in Buffalo at home at night and you're seven and a half point favorites. And then to lose, you were lucky to be in the situation where Will Lutz missed that first kick because you got him in position in the first place because of a pass interference penalty. The fact that Will Lutz got a second shot because you had 12 men, not even a questionable call. Like you're gonna you're gonna get called for that every time because that's one of the duties of the officials on the field, which is count how many men are on each side of the field. So not only forget about the division, Buffalo needs to worry about making the playoffs, and now those chances are pretty slim. This was one of those games where you get right, you get the win, and then you make a playoff run because you know you have the talent to do it. And Chelsea, they just didn't get it done. So I'm with you. I I thought the Bills would win this game. I thought the Broncos would cover, but the Bills would win. And then we'd be talking about how the Bills needed this one, and now they can go on some sort of run. They're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and then conversely, I saw this tweet that I thought was very clever. The 12th Mm -hmm. man helping out Russell Wilson once again in reference to the fans in Seattle and then the 12th man on the field for that penalty for the Bills. But do you think the Broncos deserve some credit here? Because we've talked yes. about how the Bills kind of, you know, spilled the chili all over the floor like Kevin from the office. But still, <laughs> the Broncos are playing better football. They did not look like a cellar dweller team for most of the game. Like there were flashes, but still a team that hung in there. And that's what happens in the NFL. If you can hang around, you're probably going to get some wins. Uh, that's just the parity level that we see in the NFL. I think Sean Payton has done a good job over the past few weeks of pulling this team together. When they had that embarrassing loss against the Dolphins where Miami dropped 70 on them, you thought, oh, my God, things are falling apart. And I would imagine as a head coach, if you're Sean Payton, the world is just absolutely eviscerating you for one of one of those just record losses. And then all of a sudden, you gather your team, you win three straight, You rely on that defense that was very good last year. And now the Broncos over the past four games have allowed just a total of 67 points. They played some really good teams. And Russell Wilson, 24 of 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He's certainly not the rust that we saw in Seattle. I don't know if this is sustainable for him, but he has looked better. 
holding on to the football, letting the defense take care of business. And honestly, if you're looking at the Broncos roster, then that is the formula for winning this season. And over the past three weeks, we've seen Sean Payton institute that. Yeah, and I think we'll see it moving forward. Uh, there were some mm -hmm. good performances that need to be highlighted. I will say when Russell Wilson uses his mobility, it feels like he is turning back time and he looks like his old self. Had 30 yeah. rushing yards last night that I thought were big. Also came up huge in some big time uh, third down conversions. And also that catch by Cortland Sutton oh, dragging man. his feet for a touchdown. Chef's kiss. What a play. Oh, uh, it was awesome. And on a fourth and two, they needed that one. You're right about Russ. He lost some weight during the offseason. He looks much more nimble than he did last year. Coming up next year on the show, we will take a sneak peek at this week's schedule in college football, including one line that doesn't make any sense at all in the Pac-12. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. We could use some little Debbies. It's the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM, the king of parlays. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Did I just mention king of parlays? Yes, I did. Did you hear about this over the, over the weekend, Chelsea? Felt like an 80s comic. Did you hear about this? Do you know about this? <laughs> let, me, let me share it with you. So, betting is now underway in Florida, and there was a better who bet 500 grand on a same game parlay at the Hard Rock and came home with $5.5 million in profit. Had the Texans beating the Bengals at plus 190, had Devin Singletary to rush for over 51 and a half yards, had Singletary as an anytime touchdown score and over 45 and a hook, and then hits this when Matt Amendola hits the game winner for the Texans to give Houston the outright win. $500,000 to win $5.5 in Florida. I'll tell you one thing. It's one thing to say, I'm going to spend a half a milli on this bet. That's one thing. And then to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. On a four-leg parlay, which includes the Texans beating the Bengals outright. I don't know if this guy's a moron who lucked into some money or an absolute genius. I can't figure it out. Well, if you think about the amount of parlays that he has probably played, I would think that he's probably lost a good chunk of change as well. Because you've always got to think, we hear about the parlays that win, but what about the parlays that don't? Like, it sounds <laughs> like this guy has a penchant for gambling and a penchant for risk-taking. So that's what I always think when I hear about these big parlays that hit is that yeah. this person has probably done this before and they've probably lost. Although, you know, it's a nice little win. million dollars. That's what nice I want. 5.5 million. <laughs> that's, a, that's incredible. That's what I want. Here I am pulling out a $5 bill. Well... Maybe I want something here. Who knows? 
When's the last time you Aww. went to a parlay? It's been a minute for me. Oh, sad. Oh, look at Abe. I really want to part with you. What about you? When's the last time you won a parlay? I feel like you bet them. I bet parlays on a pretty regular basis, but it's been a minute since I won one. I feel like you bet them more often than I do. I normally do a same game parlay for every primetime NFL game. And of course, yeah. last night when we got just about everything right, I didn't do one because I was busy putting up more Christmas lights. And I was like, God, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't win anyway. But then I watched the game unfold. And I'm like, we were right on just about every single aspect of what went down last night. And I think that's, that's what costs you is when you get a game absolutely nailed and you don't cash in on it. Because think of all the things that we had right. Number one, we went 2-0 and on our official plays. Javante Williams over his rushing prop. Uh, we hit the under in the full game. We would have been on the Broncos plus 7.5. That felt like a great leg. And then also, you mentioned this, I believe, was Josh Allen to throw an interception. I would imagine that the payout on that would be pretty solid if you combine it all up in a same-game parlay. So those are the ones that really hurt. The ones that you would have won, yeah. but you didn't play. Ah, that's the way it always works every single time. Well, just maybe if we get hot later on this week, we can parlay some college football picks. Let's take an early look at week 12 on the schedule. And we'll start with number one, Georgia at number one, Tennessee. Georgia is laying 10 and a half points. Georgia minus 375 on the money line. Tennessee is plus 290. Your total set at 59 and a hook. That has come down a smidge. From I'm sorry, sitting at 58 and hooked down from 59 and a hook. So do you have a play on this one? Of all the games on the card, I would say this is probably my least favorite. Oh, well, there's an intro. I was looking at the over here, but then I hear about the money going the other direction. And maybe that yeah. is a red flag because Georgia has been red hot to the over, hitting the over in six of their last seven. And man, does that offense continue to chug along. In fact, it looks like it's getting better. Uh, put up a 52 spot on Ole Miss, even though that defense is nowhere as tough as what we will see from Tennessee. Maybe that is the deciding factor because Tennessee, we know, is very good at getting after the quarterback. One of the best teams in all of college football at sack rate. I believe they are top 10 uh, last time I checked uh, when it comes to sacks. So maybe that's the difference here. If they can get some pressure on Georgia, However, I don't think it's the case. I don't think anybody stops this Georgia offense, but maybe yeah. it's the Georgia defense that's putting the brakes on this Tennessee offense that has looked better as of late, but also have not played the level of competition that they're getting ready to face against the University of Georgia. So I think I would still lean towards the over because I think Tennessee can score some and Georgia's offense looks like it is unstoppable. So I like the over, but I'm not completely sold on it. I kind of like Tennessee here. I am not going to bet this game. The last thing I want to do is get in front of the Georgia train. But I'll say that a lot of these lines, you can see some overreaction based on recent results. You see that recency bias. And Georgia just looked like an animal last week. And then Tennessee had that crushing loss to Mizzou. This is not going to be a letdown spot for Georgia. They're already in the SEC championship game. But they certainly can't afford to slip up because they're playing for a national title. They want to be in that top four of the playoff rankings. But at the same time, Tennessee is at home, and this is a better Tennessee team than the one we saw last week against Missouri in Columbia. 
And Tennessee will have some motivation because you know that crowd's going to be nuts and they can ruin the dog season, right? They can ruin their national title hopes. So I do think Georgia wins this game, but it's it's a little bit too big of a number for me. So I would lean Tennessee plus the points. But man, last thing I really want to do right now is bet against Georgia. How about in the Pac-12? Some good matchups this week and not a lot of great matchups in college football, but if they are, if there are, they are in the Pac-12. Number 16, Utah. At number 19, Arizona. Arizona is laying a point. Arizona is minus 110 on the money line. So is Utah. Total set at 45. What is the call here, Chelsea? Huh, I don't know. After a disgusting beat on Washington minus 8.5 this past weekend, Jenks, did you see the end of that game or the fourth quarter of that game? There was a missed field goal to cover the 8.5. And, and, of course, Washington missed it. And both me and my husband both had Washington. So the vibes were at an all-time low this past Saturday. So I don't know if we can mentally recover from that, trying to fade Utah again, even though it felt like Washington was certainly the right call. I don't know. I don't know what to do with Utah because it's a team that is down to their backup quarterbacks. Like, we don't even know, like, which quarterback it feels like it's going to be on a daily basis. But it's a team that hangs around with some of the best teams in the Pac-12. So maybe we give them some credit here. Obviously, this would be a much easier call if it was at Utah. But I'm not so sure, especially with the short number. I'm not – I don't have the greatest handle on Arizona either. Haven't watched a ton of games. So I think I'm going to sit out this one. I like Arizona on the money line here. I don't think we're talking about Arizona, which why would we? They've been garbage for the past few seasons. But not any longer. Jet Fish has done a really great job in this program in year two. And when I look at Utah, I don't want to say I see a paper tiger because Utah is good with that elite defense. But who has Utah beaten this season really? They beat Florida to open the year. Florida is not that good. A UCLA team. That has lost three of its last five. I think we could see Chip Kelly in his final season. And then they beat USC. And USC cannot stop anyone. If you score 90 points on USC, they'll score 89. You can beat them because they don't stop anyone. This will be a massive game for the Wildcats. When you talk about home field advantage, I feel like it plays into this handicap a little bit more. Because when is the last time we talked about the Wildcats? And Arizona has a a pretty strong college football history certainly they're not a blue blood but this is going to be a huge home game for arizona hosting a ranked youth squad i'll just take arizona on the money line elsewhere in the pack 12 this is what i want to talk about number five washington at number 10 oregon state oregon state is laying two oregon state is minus 135 on the money line yes oregon is the favorite washington is plus 110, the total set at 63 and a half. Money is coming in on Oregon State. This open Oregon State minus one. The total has come down from 64 and a half, so down a point. I got a bad feeling about Washington here. The fact that money is coming in on Oregon State is something I do not understand at all. I don't understand this. At first blush, I would say, Huskies all day long. I'm on Washington, and maybe Washington wins this game. But you know that the Oregon State crowd is going to be crazy. Oregon State is still number 10 in the country. The Beavers have had a very good season with DJ Uyunglele. I think the Beavers might be the right side. It scares me to death, but there's a reason why the money is coming in on the Beavers. Am I off here, Chelsea? 
No, I think this is one of those signals that you see in betting from time to time that has nothing to do with the matchup and everything to do with the line and the rankings. Anytime you see a team that is higher ranked as the underdog in a matchup, obviously it's a road game for Washington, but then you see the money coming on on the other side. I think that sends off a signal in your brain. Say, okay, you need to examine this game further. Because if you look at this game and say, oh, well, Washington, obviously, they're number five. Oregon State's number 10. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso likes to say. Oregon State has been a covering wagon over their last 17 games, a blistering 13-4 and four against the Ooh. spread. It's a home game here. This is a big matchup in the Pac-12. I think all eyes will be on Michael Penix Jr., the Heisman Trophy candidate. But I think the right side is probably still... Oregon State yeah I think so too I I will just sit back and enjoy this game but there is just no way I'm gonna sit here and say I, I I'm gonna take Oregon State even though I feel like again I think it is the right call here it should be a hell of a football game but that is immediately one of those lines where you think mm, something just seems a little bit off what about the ACC number 11 Louisville in Miami, Louisville minus one, Louisville minus 120 on the money line. Miami is even money. Your total at BetMGM is 47 and a hook. This is another one of those, Chelsea. Same type of situation. The Cardinals, who, by the way, if Louisville wins this game, they clinch a spot in the ACC championship game against Florida State. And yet they're laying a point, a single point against Miami. I would. Yeah, this line this stinks. This is honest. This line stinks big time. I will say, I would actually go with Louisville here, even though I know it's going to be totally a square play. I take Louisville on the money line, minus 120. You want to take a minus one? Fine. I just take them on the money line. It's cheap. You can get the win if Louisville somehow wins by a point. So the odds makers know more than I do. This is a square play I would make. Even though I do think it may be a bit of a sell-high situation on Miami, I know they did not mm. win out right against Florida State, but they did cover, and that game was very down to the wire. You've got to remember that was a rivalry matchup. I feel like those rivalry games always play closer than the line indicates, so I'm not buying into Miami just yet. I think I'd be with you on Louisville, and usually the radar goes off in my brain if it is the unranked team that is the favorite in this matchup. Yeah. And it's not quite the case. We will see how this line moves. I think this is a game where you sit and you wait and you see how the line moves throughout the week. And then maybe you can make a call. But initial reaction, Louisville's been the better team for the entire season. I know they've had like, what, a slip up? But I'm not buying in. I think it's a buy, maybe not a buy low situation, but a good bounce back spot for Louisville. I'm with you. I just think the motivation will be too much for the Cardinals here. They will be very focused, especially after almost losing to Virginia. For the love of God, how did that happen? So they're not going to let Miami sneak up on them, especially with so much on the line. I am on the Cardinals. I can't wait to see where the money comes in on that game. Finally, we got to talk about Iowa just because of the totals in these Iowa games. Illinois at number 23, Iowa. Iowa is laying three and a half. Iowa is minus 185 on the money line. Illinois plus 150 total set at 30 and a half. Are you going to bet on an under again when it comes to the Hawkeyes or play side? 
I tell you what, I'm not betting it over. Like, that doesn't seem to make sense because this has been the cash cow when it comes to unders in college football, no matter how low they set the lines. Even though some of these games have kind of been sweats because I know everybody and their mom was on the under last uh, time around for Iowa and, you know, what they went 22 to nothing. So the other team did not contribute at all. So eventually we will see an overhit for Iowa. Maybe it's Illinois that does it, but I don't think I'm brave enough to go against the scorching hot undertrend. Five straight unders for Iowa and all of these totals have been insanely low. So 31 and a half, it seems kind of high compared to some of these numbers we've seen. I'm going to play this down to three and then lay the field goal with Iowa. As bad as their offense is, and their offense is bad, they do have one of the best secondaries in the country. I don't see Illinois moving the ball on Iowa at all. Iowa clinches the Big Ten West with a win. So this is going to be 14-3, Hawkeyes. I'm on the Hawks this week. It's going to be ugly. It's like betting the Steelers every week, but I'm on it. Coming up next, the Golden State Warriors are favored at home tonight against Minnesota, but should they be? We're looking at the NBA slate on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a great morning. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Good morning to you. I'm Jinx. She is Chelsea. You know what we're going to do in a couple minutes here. We're going to talk about the National Basketball Association, believe it or not. And that includes a matchup between T-Wolves and Warriors in Golden State. Warriors have struggled out of the gate this season, like a lot of the teams that maybe we expected to have good years still very early on. How much basketball have you watched and or handicapped, put bets on outside of this show, Chelsea? Outside of the show. Uh, Jake was doing first basket props again the other night. Uh, I think we were watching, what was it, the Celtics and the Knicks game maybe? Maybe it wasn't. I can't remember. No, it was the Celtics and the Sixers. Because here's the thing about the NBA. There are only a few games you can watch if you have normal person TV like ESPN and TNT. Mm -hmm. But luckily for us, there's a whole host of games, I think, on tonight because it's the NBA in-season cup or tournament or whatever they're calling it uh, tonight. So heightened expectations and marketing for the league tonight. But yes, Jake is still very much on NBA first basket props, which are one of the dumbest bets in all of sports. Okay, here's my thing with Jake. First of all, I love this for him. I love that he's betting on these. My question is, he's done this for a while now, so he has to have been somewhat profitable, right? No. Like, are you Somewhat? Like, or is he just like taking L's and he doesn't care? I don't know. I don't know his profit margin. Does he have some sort of incredible rate of return or return on investment? No, like he'll win some parlays uh, and he'll win okay. some bets because he does go for like the super long shot one. So like that'll like feed his account for a long time. Yeah. But that's like saying the old lady at the slot machine, but like, 
well, she must have a great ROI if she's still here after all of these years. No, she's still playing because she hasn't won. Um, but no, he just truly loves the sport of betting. Like, do we call it a sport? The art of betting? The, the art. The hobby? Oh, yes. It's an art. <laughs> the art of sports First basket betting. props. First basket prop. That's incredible. I love that. I was thinking about the NBA Cup and a good comparison, and I think it's like winning Employee of the Month. If you win the NBA Cup, congratulations, you're Employee of the Month. You would rather win Employee of the Year. They give that out once. If I looked down at your resume and I saw, you won Employee of the Year six times at this company? That's incredible. How long were you there? Ten years? And six of those years, you won Employee of the Year? Now, if I looked down at your resume and I saw, oh, you won Employee of the Month six times in your... 120 months there, whatever the math is, that's not impressive. That's the NBA Cup. And it doesn't matter how many courts you paint. It doesn't matter what your uniforms look like. It doesn't matter if you get a little bonus for winning Employee of the Month, the NBA Cup. It doesn't matter. I am officially over the NBA Cup and just talk, hearing myself talk about it, I'm boring myself. I, I can feel myself talking myself to sleep as I talk about the NBA hub. How... <laughs> well, yeah, I can't wait for Kings and Clippers <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Oh, my God. I'm over the NBA Cup. God, can I just... It, when does it end? How long do we have to be subjected to this NBA water torture? Another two months? Make it stop. Oh, Jenks. You sounded like yeah. a stand-up comedian there. Like, you nailed Did it. I? And you had, like, the mic hold, correct? We need oh, to the put you hold? on stage yeah. somewhere in D.C. just talking about the NBA Cup and see if we can get some laughs. Yeah, Maybe you could be employee then, of the month for Odyssey. I could be. <laughs> and Odyssey sends me. Jinx, you're not going to believe it employee of the month actually if they did that i'm not lobbying for employee of the month but if they did that it would be it would be very very funny like guess what you just won employee of the month and just like the players in the nba get a bonus you know what you get five dollar gift card to amazon congratulations buddy <laughs> Woo! watch out you might be able to buy yourself some zip ties before december i can't wait yeah you can get a two-pack of batteries Congratulations. <laughs> Maybe That's you'll have to pay batteries. the taxes yourself and the shipping yourself if you're not an Amazon Prime member. It's true. But you will get something. Maybe you would get a parking spot, even though you don't have a car. That's true. Honorary parking <laughs> spot. What they would do is they would find someone with a car and say, listen, can we just cover up your spot with a parking for Jinx this month? He doesn't have a car. He won't use it. It's just for show. And I would respect that. Because I'm not buying a car just so I can park it for a month. Okay, I have a hot take. Instead of giving okay. people like a parking spot for the month, you know what I sure. think people would really appreciate? Their own bathroom stall. I feel like that would be the best present yes. that a company could give you. Your own personal bathroom suite that isn't like connected to the other bathrooms where it has a door that goes the entire length of the floor 
none of that mm-hmm. nonsense where people are making eye contact with you through the cracks yeah. of the door. Yeah. But wouldn't that Peeking be through? like the best gift that corporate employers could give their employees? Yes, you've been in this studio. There's no bathroom on this floor. None. You've been around me enough. I'm running to the bathroom every 10 minutes. I deserve to be gifted a urinal. And I will use that urinal. In the studio. In the studio. <laughs> and no doors. it's going to be and it, no doors. No doors just because we need the acoustics to work in here. And I will I will use the privacy and show respect to my coworkers by using the urinal only when I'm wearing my bet MGM robe, which I still haven't gotten. I will open up that robe, shield my body from everyone else. You won't see anything. All right. No lawsuits, no harassment issues. This is why it all goes back to why I need a robe. But also, yes, I have to run upstairs through a gauntlet, which I've talked about numerous times just to get to the bathroom. So if I got a urinal, which I can't believe I'm saying this as an adult. But if I got a urinal, I'd be thrilled. Like, yes, I don't have to go on a trek. I don't have to go spelunking every time I just want to go to the bathroom. Well, Jenks, if they're putting in a urinal, if you're wearing mm-hmm. a robe, why not make the studio a studio apartment and you just live there? And the cameras are rolling all the time. They're like, it's the best. Now Benton we're studio. talking. <laughs> and you'll say in hour three, did you just pop a beer? I'm like, Chelsea, I live here. Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. I'm going to go to bed. Right? I've got a little studio. nap. I'm, I'm going to take a little nap right here on my cot in the corner. Man, that's a great idea. I guess we should. We should handicap a game. So let's start with E.T. Wolves and Warriors, Chelsea. Win yourself some money. Buy yourself a porta potty, a urinal, a robe, a cot, whatever you want to do with your money. It's yours. You can do whatever you want. Warriors laying two and a half points. The Warriors are minus 140. The T Wolves are plus 115. The total set at 221 and a half. Chelsea, what is the play here? Because I need to furnish this apartment. I think the punishment for losing bets, like if you go over for a week, you should have to spend the night in the studio. <laughs> should be should be held captive. Like yes. you gotta live here, brother. You gotta live with your bets. You gotta live in the studio, and we're gonna watch yeah. you the entire time. Man, I'm getting sidetracked, but I keep laughing about that. Uh, but this should be a great game between the Timberwolves and the Warriors. I think the first thing that stands out to me is when you see a game that is the same matchup as the last time around because we just had this matchup on uh what two days ago we had golden state winning or excuse me minnesota winning that game 116 to 110 as three and a half point dogs it feels like in the nba you can't necessarily say oh well they won the last one they'll probably win this one so i think that's the red flag to me is that I think my initial lean would be Minnesota just because it's a team that's been on Mm -hmm. a massive hot streak. They've won six straight games. Uh, Anthony Edwards is making some incredible shots. I've seen some of the highlights from earlier in the season, what he's putting up. But still, that's not the way that the NBA necessarily works. Although Golden State, I feel like it's a team that not necessarily is deserving of some of these lines that they've been laying as favorites. They have not been very good this year. So I think the lean would still be Minnesota, although the sabotage factor is these back-to-back games against the same team don't always go exactly the same way as the first time around. I agree. I will also say if I were sleeping in this studio, you know, I go to bed early. (laughs) I'd probably wake up and be cranky and I'd say something like, Ryan, 
Yes, the Wizards suck. <laughs> okay. Oh, Wimby's going to be good. I know. You said it five times. <sighs> Move on to something else. I'm exhausted. I have to wake up at three. <sighs> Talk about the Pacers or something. Can you be yelling at Trista for maybe microwaving some tuna or like fish? Yes. This is my living space. How dare you microwave seafood? Are you kidding me? That smell is terrible. I'd be like sleeping. (laughs) Trista? Is that you? Are you the one cooking the tuna? Who cooks tuna? And where did that microwave? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so, are you drinking prune juice? What sort of combo is prune juice and heated tuna? Are you guys off yet? You know, I've talked about getting up early, right? <laughs> Here's my handicap for tonight's game. We're gonna ride this bit until it dies, dies on the stem. I am fading the Warriors tonight. They are awful. 0-4 against the number at home this season. Remember last year? Remember last year they were so great at home and awful on the road? Well, that is a trend that has come to an end and come to an end very, very quickly. And I was reading a story the other day. One of the problems that the Warriors are having right now is getting some scoring, getting some efficient production from someone outside of Steph Curry. Wolves are off to a great start. Maybe it's a sucker line, but... The look-ahead line on this game was Warriors minus four and a half. Money is coming on the T-Wolves. Now it's sitting at, you know, T-Wolves. You're getting two and a half points here. I think they're the better team. Golden State has not been the same home team that we saw last year. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some money on the T-Wolves. I'm going to grab the points. I'm going to go to bed early. And I'm going to pray to God that Trista doesn't cook up that tuna. And Ryan will stop (laughs) talking about the Washington Wizards while I sleep in my new studio apartment. Coming up next here on the show, finally, finally, a Thursday night football game worth watching. Bengals and Ravens coming up this week. We're going to take an early look at week 11 in the NFL. That's coming up on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Hope you're having a great Tuesday morning. We're live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east, and we are coming right back. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.